2: What are you doing?
3: I'm counting. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go.
2: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Episode 481 brought to you today by Cuts Clothing, Indeed.com, and Online. So, Scott, after the 10-game win streak, we were riding high. Since then, the Yankees are 1-3. They definitely can't play well in Buffalo. And it uh, seems like they're locked into that number five seed. We were thinking maybe they're going to get the four seed. They'll host the Twins, maybe host the White Sox. Nah, looks like it's going to be on the road.
3: Unless something happens with the, or the Twins playing Cincinnati and... The White Sox, you know, just laying an egg against the Cubs. That's that's exactly how it's looking. So, And that's a really big unknown because that team is – it's not really an unknown. They're a good team at this point. But it's an unknown because they're just not proven in the playoffs. It's a young
2: You're team. You're talking about Chicago White Sh- Sox? The Chicago White Sox. Yeah. They're a dangerous team. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're yeah, a yeah. dangerous so team. Are you, you more worried about potentially playing the White Sox than the Twins?
3: Well, see, it's an interesting question here. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer in do, and the way that the Minnesota Twins have set up, I mean, we've destroyed the Twins every single time. There's been an opportunity to play them. There's, there's been no question. Um, this year, they have a guy named Michael Pineda who's pitching right now and and is healthy. <laughs> That's weird. And I don't like the. I don't like. I don't like how the you know things align there. Their pitching staff is actually pretty good. And it's yeah,
2: just, it's just never that, good. Didn't we say that it's last It's just never year, good.
3: Though. No, they had a rookie the, uh, Uber driver pitching against us. Didn't we talk <laughs> they ourselves into an Uber into driver saying, pitching against us.
2: I don't know. I feel like we talked ourselves into like, oh, the Twins, you know, these are a different Twins team. And then, nope, they were the same old Twins team. The thing that I worry about with, with a White Sox matchup is Lucas Giolito, who's been the second best pitcher in the American League this year. Yeah. He's, He's been going very good. and in a in a three game series, he'll he'll pitch game one, he'll match up with Garrett Cole, and I trust Garrett Cole against anyone. But what if it's a one to one game in the eighth inning and the Yankees just don't win it? You know, and, and and the White Sox steal that Lucas Giolito game over Garrett Cole, then you're looking at Tanaka backed up by Hap, and it's gonna be Hap, it looks like. Cashman, did you hear that Meredith report last night? B- uh, Cashman all but announced that Jay Hap's the number three starter. So then you're you're you just put yourself in a in a hole like that that in a 3 game series you're to to borrow the judge phrase backs are against the wall immediately.
3: It's true the backs are against the wall if that's the case, but that has to happen first. You got to you got to lose that goal, that uh, that cold game and like you said, I have confidence in there. I, I know the, the bats have to show up against Giolito, but theoretically, theoretically, theoretically the <laughs> uh the Yankees should, you know, they should they should be able to to go against and put some good at bats against a guy like Giolito. I think that um, with the Yankees lineup, you know, being healthy again, turning over, I, Judge is having much better at bats. Um, Gary Sanchez will be back down towards the bottom of the lineup after he flashed again. And oh, actually, that's not true because Higgy will be playing, so Higgy will be back at the bottom of the lineup and. I think uh, I got a lot of confidence with this with this offense uh getting getting some runs. And and you know what it's gonna be? It's gonna be a couple long balls. That's what it's gonna be.
2: They're gonna well, take him yeah, deep I mean, two or three times. The in especially in the playoffs where connecting hits together and connecting a rally together is so impossible that yeah, it's it's uh who's gonna hit the two run home run that changes the momentum of the game.
3: And in this case, you know, those solo shots that are usually okay were good with Cole giving them up and G litos probably in the same vein where he's you know, a little bit more aggressive and around the plate when there's nobody on base, like those solo shots could be the difference in the game now, too, because you're looking at two very, very good pitchers who control the game. And, you know, you just can't make mistakes. And uh, with the offense, they have to capitalize over everything. So those those solo shots that are normally okay, you know, you move move forward. They could be the difference in the game.
2: Yeah, you, you, the the old cliche is solo home runs don't beat you, but maybe they do in the playoffs. In the playoffs, that's
3: a different story, for sure.
2: <laughs> are you at all worried that the Yankees are not the same team on the road as they are at home, and it looks like they're going to be playing technically the entire playoffs on the road, but specifically that three-game series is at the other team's location? A neutral site you want to throw out the window? Fine, neutral site. But this wouldn't be a neutral site. They're gonna be playing in Minnesota or they're gonna be playing at at the White Sox. Now the White Sox Stadium is a is a is a hitter's park. Minnesota's a little bit different, but with the juice ball, I don't know. Isn't everything a hitters park? Isn't doesn't the juice ball and and the Yankees home run hitters kind of negate any possible uh like non-home run park? Like in my mind, I don't care where they're playing, they're still gonna hit home runs. I mean, so that
3: exactly what you just said kind of gets rid of the home field or non-home field advantage. Well, no, I mean, no the other... stats,
2: but the stats still show the Yankees at home are 21 and seven. They score over six runs a game and they allow less than four runs a game. And on the road, they're 10 and 17 and they score about four runs a game and allow about five runs a game. Now, I understand in a 60 game schedule, things are going to be skewed. Right. That's going to be skewed by the five and 15 stretch in a negative way. And it's going to be skewed in a positive way by the week against Toronto where they scored 100 runs at home. Right. So everything's skewed, but the numbers are still the numbers and this is the numbers we have to go by is it looks like the Yankees are a better team all around at home.
3: If there's a slight edge? Uh, okay, sure. That's, you know, they'd rather play at home. There's no doubt. There's more there's a comfort level, there's just a, you know, a different familiarity. Fine. I'm good. I'm good with admitting that. I just don't think it's that much of a difference. I I the exactly what you said, the the numbers I mean, they got skewed pretty hard. <laughs> you go, you go, uh, five and five and fifteen, and then you win ten in a row. I mean, those are polar opposites of of streaks. And depending on where okay. you played those games, but depending on where you played those games, you're in a sixty game schedule. You're going to see some some sway because Guess what? Of that. that's
2: a fifteen and fifteen stretch
3: when you look at it. <laughs> but there's a there's a, depending on where those games are. When when did the team get hot? Were they on the road or were they at home? That matters because more to the 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 point of the ballpark. It matters when the team got hot and what team was out there. That five and fifteen team was a dog shit team that was running out there with, you know, with scraps. The, there was there was uh not much to take about it when you look at what's going to happen and the the players that are in the lineup come playoff time. So I just I have a hard time looking at those numbers and, and taking anything from it. Go back, go back and look at the numbers from the last two years and the the Yankees were, you know, overwhelmingly better, better team at home with the Yankee crowd and it didn't translate into the playoffs it didn't translate into wins in the playoffs i just i have a hard time really looking at what happens in the regular season based on the ballpark and then and then laying it on top of a short series in the playoffs
2: yeah and, and i mean obviously the yankees want to win i mean they were disappointed after last night's game they're talking about how this we played i think luke Voigt said they played like the bad news bears last time and, and- luke
3: Voigt talked about it and, and 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 called out the embarrassment they went on a 10-0 streak so
2: Okay, you know, so knocking on wood he's here is the key. But so obviously, I'm not saying they're out there not not trying. But the emphasis for this whole season has not been get the number one seed or win the division or or get home field advantage. It's basically get in and try and get healthy and hot at the same time.
3: Exactly. And, and the one seed was out the window a while ago, so that was not even in consideration really after the yeah, last I mean, series. Basically, once.
2: Once Tampa stomped them in the last series, <laughs> yeah, it was over. It
3: was done. And then and then the rest of it, what are you gonna do? Set up for like maybe this team will win or lose. There's just too much room. There's just too much flux in the schedules and people winning and losing and and, and small difference between winning percentage and wins and losses between the teams of, you know, three through six. I know there's a gap between us and the Astros, but you know, depending on how the the um the White Sox and the and the Twins finish the season, I mean the Yankees could move up. You know, a spot as well. So it's just not on them. So I don't I, I don't see how they could potentially even like look at that as uh well, as a barometer at least.
2: Yeah, I mean I think there would have been so so the way the, the playoffs are set up is it's it's a bracket, it's not a just pure seeding tournament where you reseed after every round. So and especially with all the unknowns on who's gonna finish where. You and I were trying to figure it out before before the uh, the podcast. That's not something you want to figure out at eight o'clock in the morning. I will say it, this: it gave me flashbacks. Gives you a, to, a damn popsicle headache.
3: It gave me fla- uh, flashbacks to last postseason when the Yankees would confuse the hell out of every. It wasn't the Yankees; it was Major League Baseball confuse the hell out of everybody. Because when you buy postseason tickets ahead of the ahead of the teams being announced, it's Home game one, home game two, home game (laughs) three. And, you know, home game two might be game four. And it's confusing as hell when you start when you're trying to talk about it. But uh, they do that, obviously, based on the the fact that they don't know who the the teams are yet.
2: Is it just me? So or is this bracket, the San Diego bracket, which which has the AL division number one, meaning the best team in the American League? Doesn't that have a, a harder? Isn't that like a harder bracket? Because it also has AL second number one. Why wouldn't it have AL second number number three? It has AL second number one and AL second number two. Why wouldn't it have number two and number three? So the, the way I look at this is there's more better teams, or in this context, teams who won more games this year are in the San Diego bracket, and teams who won fewer games are in the Los Angeles bracket.
3: Well, no. Look at the look at the seeding, though. Look at the actual seeding. So, go from top to bottom. Think about like NCAA. You got AL yep. Division One on the very top. You got the that's number th- the number one seed. Yep. And you got the number two seed at the bottom, right where it should be. Right. Yeah. Uh, at, yeah. The, at the very bottom. Then you go. Um, then you go back up, and the number three seed is uh, again in the bottom bracket, uh, lining up for the number two team for the ALDS. So now the the, the basically they want to keep the the winner, the division winner, the AL winner. Out of going, the ability yeah. to play the number two team,
2: you, you know what it is. You you are right, but I guess it's just <laughs> it's just that the Yankees are in the in the in the Rays bracket, and and, and if things go to plan, the Yankees and the Rays are going to be playing in the ALDS, and you know what? That does not excite me.
3: Well, no, and it's not good for the Yankees either because now that's a best of five series, not a best of seven series, and and I actually think that that hurts the Yankees because of the the top flight pitching that they have that the rays have at the front of their rotation and i and i know that their bullpen's nasty as well but when you now condense this series into a shorter five, five game, days yeah that's five what i mean days five in five days right then now you're, you're using every thread of your being in that in that in that Bullpen in that rotation, and you lay them next to each other, and Tampa is just better. Uh, Bottom line: better talent, better execution. This season, they're just as far as the pitching staff. They're a better team. So that to me, and like, and it's not just that they're a better team by marginal differences. Their top, their their pitching staff is significantly better. Now, granted, we could get a. We could get Tanaka playoff Tanaka and roll out there seven innings. Sure, no 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 runs and then you know who knows like maybe maybe the uh, maybe uh, Boone pulls a, a, you know a fast one on everybody and Haps lined up Haps lined up and then no it's Davy Garcia coming out the kid comes out and tries to you know put a put a spark in this team and drill down the Tampa Rays huge storylines he goes out there and pitches a complete game gem. Yeah, like a lot of these things could line up, but if you look at the look at the numbers and the players, Tampa is just significantly better.
2: Yeah, and another thing I worry about in a series against Tampa is the manager matchup. And in a five-game series that happens in five days where weird shit will happen, I do not feel confident about Boone going up against Kevin Cash.
3: If Boone can just leave the players off that are going to hurt them in the, in the lineup card, then we're good because that was a savvy move savvy move by him
2: <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> you're talking about tyler lyons yeah, not, uh, that, not they, making they, it onto the lineup right card. they could have lost that game they could have lost that game it was a, good, it was a save <laughs> well what if he pitched bad because he had to warm up and get ready the night before and then not actually pitch b-whips B- B- scott can't,
3: can't buy it B whips has he,
2: has he been on a team big time b-whips has he been on a team this season i don't know i yeah. feel like that i feel like brian cashman has tyler lyons hidden in a bunker somewhere at all times
3: well, he really shouldn't. He really should not have Tyler Lyons hidden
2: anywhere. Who was the other guy, Tyler Lyons? And then there was a right-handed pitcher, it was David like Hale. A right-handed, it was David Hale. David yes. Hale was the other. He was always he was always <laughs> he was the there. right-handed Tyler Lyons. Yeah,
3: yeah. So there's you know there's uh, there's that. But you're right. I think Kevin Cash has proven over over the the time that we've played them that he's he knows his team very well, like in and out. I, he's got a better pulse on his team than he does than Aaron Boone does on the Yankees, I'd say. And, you know, I, I think that they've had a ton of injuries as well. So, you know, there's credit to cash here. It's not the same guys. It's not like they haven't been hit by the injury bug. Literally every team has, but they got hit hard as well. So there's, um, he's just proven, man. He, he's, 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 a, he's an interesting manager because he does know the players inside and out. And a lot of the moves that he makes seem to be right.
2: Well, they clinched last night. They were smoking cigars and, I got to imagine Did that Did you see their hats? They, the 98ers? The 98ers? Yeah, that's, that's not about guys throwing 98. They were the team was established in 1998.
3: Eh. Okay. It, that's why they were wearing that hat. Well, <laughs> then what about the shirt? Explain the shirt then. I didn't see the shirt. It was a stable of horses.
2: Oh. Okay. Are well, you re- then, I mean, now the, are you
3: re- the shirt now, yeah. Okay. So he's wearing the sh- wearing the shirt, stable of horses, yeah. and he's wearing a hat that says '98ers.' And you're telling me that there's not a connection there. Is that what you're saying? No. Because I'm telling you know. that that's crazy. I
2: didn't know about the shirt. Okay. <laughs> I just saw the hat, and I, you know what? I still think the hat is about the 1998 establishment. Okay. Because those hats are they didn't have those hats made. Those are like legit hats you sell like in the team shop. They're, they're, they're a Major League Baseball team. They could
3: get a hat made in in a in a, in a a turnaround time of a few days. They're I could get, a, a, I could get a hat made in a few days. They don't days. have –
2: the Rays don't have money for that. They Anybody spend all their money it. on nerds.
3: <laughs> the nerds – apparently they – one of the nerds Do you is, know what their nerd payroll is? He knows how to embroider. The, the nerds also know how to embroider. Does that surprise you? Does that surprise you?
2: <laughs> their nerd payroll is higher than their team payroll. Of course it is. Well, uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say about Tampa – but uh, oh, I think that, you know, they, this was a, even though it was 60 games, this is a prove me season for Tampa. Like, Hey, everyone's saying the Yankees are written into the division winner, but we're, we're, we're right here. Our, our 90, what they went 97 games last year or something, something they won like mid nineties games last year. That's not a fluke. We're going to win the division this year. And I kind of have a hard time saying that the only reason they won the division is because it was a 60-game schedule. If this was a 162-game schedule, they were going to be right there for the division. There's no doubt. I mean, the,
3: especially the way that the, the Yankees team was playing when injuries happened. They just weren't the same that they that happened last year. And Tampa played, you know, they played decently well uh, throughout the entire throughout the entire thing. They're a deep team. They're just up and down. The lineup, deep. And then the rotation, deep. Bullpen, deep. So... Yeah, no, they were definitely going to be there. They're a good team. There's no doubt about it. We said in the beginning, I, you know, when we when I was talking with the the, the guys from uh the Locked Lockdown Tampa podcast when we did the previews, talked to them twice because the first time was right before COVID, the second time was uh, you know before the season started. There was a lot of confidence going on around there. A lot of confidence happening, and and for good reason because they were a good team. I mean, he was definitely making some some lofty comparisons uh, about that pitching staff, and at the end of the day, he wasn't really wrong. Um, we knew the bullpen was going to be good, but it was all it, there were some there were some considerations with their with their starting pitching, and it was about health. And they've pretty much danced, you know, walked the line where, where they're walking in with a you know a, a relatively healthy. Rotation. At least you get the top three guys with um, with Glassnow and Snell and, and and then Morton. I know Morton was out for a bit, but that's a guy that that's got you know the playoff experience. He's got the uh, the veteran presence, and then the other two are just like Snell, Cy Young winner, and then Glassnow. I feel like does a, has something to prove here. I feel like Glassnow is out there now with all the talent in the world with something to prove because nobody knows who he is.
2: I feel like Glassnow when he's on, he's the most unhittable of those pitchers. I agree with you. I think Snell is probably down a
3: tick, but yeah. And then Charlie Morton, I just you know he's just one of those guys that's annoying. And will probably pitch well just because he's if you're a going, veteran dude and knows how to do it.
2: Yeah, I don't exactly know how they're going to line up their postseason rotation, but if you're facing if you're facing Charlie Morton in a in a winner go home scenario, that does not sound fun.
3: No, it doesn't sound fun. I mean, it sounds probably the best of the three options, but it's uh, it's not fun. He's been there before. He's 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 got that that experience, so. And I, I think that in the postseason, when you're talking about this, you know, post, the uh, postseason experience does matter. I, I mean, it, maybe this year you could argue that it really doesn't as much just because there's no fans and it's just going to be weird uh, compared to other years, but it's still pressure yeah. internally.
2: Yeah, there's so many teams that are going to be in the playoffs this year, especially in the National League with the uh, uh, Padres and potentially the Marlins. But uh, in the American League, the White Sox are a brand new team to the playoffs. The um the uh the Cleveland, the Indians haven't been there in a couple of years. And that's another team that if they're there'd be Shane Bieber, he that alone, he could if you play Cleveland in a so I guess the Yankees would not be able to play Cleveland until the ALCS, if if I have this bracket correctly, if things remain the same. They would Am be right? the wild card number one. Number they're one. They're the wild card number one because yeah. Toronto's the wild card number two. Right. So they are in the Los Angeles yep, division. Yeah, they're in the bottom. So if the Yankees played the Indians in the ALCS, they would be facing Shane Bieber in two games and then probably in a third game out of the bullpen. <laughs> and he's been possibly the AL MVP this year. That's how good he's been.
3: Wait, who did you say? the? We would play them in the ALCS.
2: Yeah, what did I say? DS? Yeah, so it's a seven-game okay, series. so ALCS, seven-game series. So you'd... You'd face him two starts and then probably a, a, a relief appearance. I like it better. It's a seven game series at least. Just yeah, it gives you more time, but it's still no off days. Ah, this no off days thing is really throwing me for a loop. I don't. I, I'm so so curious how it's going to affect teams, and so worried for the Yankees that their pitching staff is not deep enough to last back to back series with no off days. I am pretty sure that Cone last night. Talking about Eric Kratz,
3: convinced himself that he was going to be a weapon out of the bullpen potentially for Aaron Boone at some point because of the no days off and the fact that the, he's got you know just a filth, a filthy, uh, a filthy knuckleball. So I, I actually think David Cohn has also gone a little mad and convinced himself that this is probably a good option. And maybe he's not wrong. <laughs> maybe he's not wrong. When you get down, Did you see, you know, the fourth day in a row and your bullpen is yeah. trashed because your starting pitchers have gone two innings.
2: Uh, if I if Eric Kratz envision a scenario where the Yankees are in the ALCS, game seven, it's the fourteenth inning. Every other arm is just hanging off the shoulder. In comes Eric Kratz to just give him length, and the Yankees win that game. He'd be the number one legend in Yankee history.
3: He would it would the folklore would go on for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> it, would, <laughs> it would be probably the most, you know, appropriate thing for twenty twenty as well. So
2: I tweeted out last night. Imagine back on March 14th, the day before everything shut down because of COVID. <laughs> someone told you that Eric Kratz would be throwing knuckleballs for the Yankees on the mound in Buffalo against the Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on?
3: Oh my God! In a number in one, a, not, not in a, not in a, uh, not in a empty
2: minor, in an empty minor league park, retrofitted park <laughs> that you can't see in. The, the clubhouse is out in the parking lot. It's freaking unbelievable. So, it was like a nine-hour game, too. It's freaking long. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cohen and, uh, and Kay were complaining about it last night. And you know what? I don't blame them. Tanaka last night looked uncomfortable, to say the least, on the mound. I know the defense sucked. I mean... Gary Sanchez throwing error in the first inning. There was a ground ball that took a weird hop that, that extended the first inning. Glaber Torres now tied for the lead in, in errors at shortstop. Just uh or Luke Voigt just completely whiffing on a pickoff throw. It, 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 it was bad defense all the way around. Voigt kind of made we one nice to play, uh, you know, that probably yeah. every single
3: first baseman you know is in front of, but you know that's, that's it was what the foot stuff. It was the a foot was, stuff means he's. Before, about I, I can't stuff. say anything badly about that guy, man. The way that he's oh, playing Luke through Floyd's foot been stuff, unreal. Yeah, and then you know he made a nice little, uh nice little shovel dart pass to uh, to Tanaka. So, um, i I'll live with his defense. It's fine.
2: So we obviously talked about outs above average in eye test versus nerd test a couple episodes ago, and like the concerns with the Yankees infield. We were having this conversation in the in the Facebook chat last night. After Glaber made the error, and maybe it's a little reactionary, but if you have a one-run lead in the eighth inning, do you instead of defensive substitution for Luke Voigt, uh-huh. do you defensive substitute Tyler Wade at shortstop?
3: Oh, you're putting in Tyler Wade now. Now you're putting in Tyler Wade to come in and save the game at the end. Listen, Is that what you're I'll, doing?
2: I'm happy to shit all over Tyler Wade, but the man can play defense. The man
3: can play defense. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's an actual consideration. Um, I don't think they would do it. At, I don't either. But but it's a consideration. You know, it, it, especially you. Know, let's say, let's say Glaber's had kind of a tough day at short. Now, I think that consideration is different. If it's a, if it's, you know, if if the if everything lines up and Glaber, you know, has booted a ball here, and there's a guy on second base also. You know, what if, what about an in game, an in inning switch? Like,
2: I, no, But so the thing is, it's like yeah, the errors happen, and errors are not a good measure of someone's defense. Like Glaber has made mistakes. But he's also but, but not I agree doesn't have range He doesn't
3: Yeah but but errors also are a consideration when you're looking at the, if there are errors there.
2: Okay, yes, like cuz errors can be mental and do you remember that inning a uh, couple years ago Elvis Andrews made three errors in an inning. Um Yeah, it's, it's like the, the, the dude on the Jays Blue Jays the right playoffs. fielder, it's like Frazier yes. in right field. They can be mental. Yes. You could but, go not but, block like,
3: you could go not block for an inning and But and my, point is,
2: my point is my point is Matt Chapman, I know he's injured now, but Matt Chapman a couple years ago led the league in third baseman errors. You would never defensive substitute for for Matt Chapman.
3: Well, the reason he's there is because he's a vacuum and, and gets to every ball, right? So, yeah, there's considerations. But, so it's
2: not the end-all, be-all is what i saying. But when you it's don't errors.
3: have range and you have errors, yes. I'm looking Mental at mistakes. that as the red flag.
2: Mental mistakes for Glaber. And I don't think they would do it either because Glaber, I think, is their future shortstop. In it? it might. They, they, I think would consider his his confidence if they were to. I, well, him I, I think from it's a more game. of a consideration of the the bat that he holds when he's up at the plate that could okay. so what a if he, What if he made the last out of the seventh inning? Okay, and you have a one run lead, and Zach Britton's coming in for the eighth inning, and you have Grumble a one run lead.
3: Yeah, I, I'm still keeping him in, because you can't you can't you okay. can't play to to hold that one run lead and, and just assume that that's not going to happen. Like you got to make sure that you're prepared for the rest of it. And you don't want Tyler Wade hitting in the three spot, the four spot, the five spot, wherever Glaber is going to be hitting either, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, behind, you know, productive players that have the ability to get on base. Like, Okay, maybe he could bunt. Maybe a good bunt situation potentially. But
2: yeah, the defense probably does not outweigh the the loss at offense if it comes up to a situation. And and I know what they like to do is they like to take Voight out of the game and put DJ at first and put Wade at second. But um, so that's their sort of defensive replacement. Flip Glaber, put him at second. Put Wade at short. Start playing musical
3: positions. You know what? Here.
2: You know what? Well, see, the the concerning thing with Glaber is that when I think he has regressed each of his three seasons in the big leagues defensively, do you remember when he came up and how how good he looked at second base in 2018? And they said, oh, he's going to get even more comfortable. And you think this is good? You should see him at shortstop because he's got natural instincts at shortstop. I haven't seen that.
3: I think it was such an easy storyline because he was a shortstop coming up. That he's got the natural shortstop instincts. Everybody, you know, everybody uh, always puts shortstops on on a pedestal. And as the you know one of the better defenders on the on the infield, and growing up, usually the kid at shortstop is always the good, the best defender on the team or best defender on the infield. And he just, I don't know, he just hasn't. He definitely has these mental lapses, and he just doesn't have the uh, the. I don't know the the uh, the feel for 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 the shortstop position to be a uh, an elite guy, and I mean, can that come with time? Sure, but so we have not seen it. He was definitely a better defender at, at second base, and the defense was seemingly better by the eye test when you had uh, Didi at short, Glaber at second base. Um, so, well, you know, it's funny because when you see a guy like Glaber at short and the range that he has as well. I don't understand how LeMahieu has never, ever, like, gone over to shortstop. Not not just with, with the Yankees, but, like, w- even with Colorado. I know he played short, I think, it, for at least a, a short time when he was at LSU. I I, I, w- I would just not be surprised if we put DJ LeMahieu at shortstop that he'd be probably uh, the second best shortstop on the team behind Tyler Wade.
2: Yeah, it's... um. I know what you're saying, but... His, his footwork he's... is fine. Like, he's got good... I know he's not the fastest guy. He's not the...
3: He's not fleet of foot by any means, but he's got a foot. He's big. Good first he's step. so
2: big. He's like sneaky big. I mean, Jeter was, Jeter is. No, he six, he's bigger. 6'4". Six, six,
3: I mean, he's he's yeah. A, but LeMahieu just looks a rod. Also,
2: I guess yeah. A rod's a good comparison. Cal Ripken. I a mean, rod. Like A rod this not thing? A rod was an elite defensive shortstop, and he was as big as LeMahieu. Machado. Machado, well, yeah, he was a third baseman. though. He, he played short. So, do you think that was Tanaka's last regular season start as a Yankee last night? Uh,
3: You know, we've been talking about this. It would not surprise me. uh, Yeah, go ahead. The tweets.
2: Well, no. So, so he, so Brian Hoke tweeted that Tanaka said on Zoom that as he warmed up last night, he thought about it being his last start of the seven-year deal with the Yankees. And then Tanaka tweeted after the game. It was in Japanese, so I translated it. Um, That's.
3: Because that goes well all
2: the time. That's why it might sound a little choppy, and it uh, is long. I guess you can you translate it, or
3: you hit the little button that says "translate" on Twitter, because that's what I did.
2: I went to I went I looked up my uh, I have a English to Japanese dictionary. Oh yeah, and I translated it. Yeah. Then, then, how did you not know what Yowai meant? <laughs> in 2020, and with a seven-year contract, I have pitched for the last time in the regular season. The result was disappointing. However, I still have a chance to start over in the playoffs. So I would like to make adjustments from tomorrow. Uh, I would like to look back on it after the season is over. That was his tweet. Okay, so there's a couple of things you could take from that. Tanaka
3: being a a guy that, you know, is very matter of fact. He understands that his contract is up and and that that it was just
2: strictly facts, strictly
3: facts. I'm I'm talking facts here. Seven-year deal. Fact. Last regular season start of his seven-year also deal, fact. which yep. he referenced. He, referenced. he referenced the uh, length of the deal. Yep. Fact, and, not opinion. And now that is over. Mm-hmm. And so now he is disappointed that he did not close out the contract that the New York Yankees baseball club signed him for to pitch <laughs> on their team in the regular season. And he's reflecting on that because he wishes that he could have appeased ownership and management and gone out as a, uh, you know, as a, as a winner and not. A guy that does not fulfill the the term sheet in which he had signed. So mm-hmm. he he's an honorable guy. He likes to he likes to make sure he's on factual, top. Factual factual man. All yeah, a lot of facts spit here. There's there's really not too much to read into it, especially since we're translating. And there could definitely be something. You know the you know the term lost in translation. Definitely could be mm-hmm. something here with the way that it was. You said. see that
2: movie? Have You seen that movie?
3: I have, don't think I've seen that movie.
2: That's a movie with Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray about going to Japan. There you
3: go. We've come full circle.
2: I don't, I'm, I'm I don't like, know where to go from here. I'm 83% sure I'm right on that. That's what that movie's about. <laughs> so, Tanaka finishes the season 48 innings pitched, 3.56 ERA, 44 strikeouts. And that's uh, you know, that's about that's actually maybe a little bit better than where people would have projected Tanaka for a regular season. You know, he usually has one of these stretches in a in a full season where he might need to skip two starts for whatever reason, or he might have a bad stretch. So his ERA might have creeped up closer to four. But knowing what we know about Tanaka, and people love to talk about playoff Tanaka, and he has been an excellent postseason performer. There's no denying that. I still am of the opinion that you can't assume he's going to just flip a switch in the postseason. But every year he seemingly has. So whatever. What is the contract you are offering him? Are you offering him a contract in the offseason or are you uh letting him walk? And if you are offering him, what's the contract? Have you looked at Tanaka's age recently? He's thirty one. Okay. He's an old thirty one. Right. Cause that, that elbow's gotta be concerning for the Yankees. No, I'm not they, even worried. Like, the, the elbow is dude, the, dude. I feel still, like they're on borrowed. Yes, on they're the on bar yes, they're on borrowed time with that thing. Okay? No. L- look what Look what happened with Justin Verlander. Look what happened with all these pitchers that avoid injury throughout their career, and then boom, it just catches up to them at, at some point. Verlander's 36 years old? 37 years old? 37 years old. I, I Okay, but Tanaka had all those innings in, in Japan, all these innings in the American League— it, it, he Her is pitches not... how many
3: pitches uh, how many complete games a year compared to what tanaka pitches it might be they might have evened out at this point Wait, with the amount of five,
2: we... five inning starts that he's had we heard about the tanaka folklore about him throwing like 160 no, pitches i agree in, with in you Japan. i'm not
3: disagreeing I, I'm, I'm 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 busting chops on that one but i i agree that he's an old 31 when i looked at his age, the reason i asked you that question is because I had a I had a brain fart when I was just about to think this. So I looked it up to see what how old he was. And in my brain, I had like 34, 30, 33, 34 years old for, for whatever reason in my head. And then I was thir- and I saw 31, I was like, oh shit, that's right. I forgot that he's that young. And you're he does feel like an older guy. He's like one of those guys. He's like the um uh you know, the guys that come up when they're into the bigs when they're they're 18 years old, and mm-hmm. you look back and you're like, that guy must be 35 years old. He's like Starling Castro. Starling Castro, yeah. Perfect example. You're like, I can't believe how young he is. He's been around forever. And and while Tanaka hasn't been around forever, he's been on this team for a long time. It seems like he's been seven around seven years. In here for we just learned that time. from his tweet. Right. And we knew that though. Uh, but it seems like we've been hearing about it for even longer. And we knew about, you know, how he pitched those, you know, two games in, in one day, or all you know, all of these things about him pitching extended innings in high school and coming up in Japan. So yeah. I don't. I'm not looking at the elbow as as a, as much of a consider. Sure, look, it's a consideration. There's no doubt that the medicals will all come back and they will give a report on it and it will ding him for a contract. But he's been pitching with this
2: with with no issues for what two and a half years, three so, years. Here's where the issue has come up, though. He's basically, bec- I I would imagine, because of his his arm something is causing his... He has abandoned his fastball because it's not the same fastball. You're telling me that's not injury-related at all, 0%? I,
3: I just have a hard time chalking it up to injury because now his arm is is what it is. It's like maybe the injury has played into, you know, the how it's deteriorated over time and, like, other parts of the arm. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know the, the anatomy of his arm right now and, and what the elbow looks like. I don't know so, how... Because it very well... There was this. It was a partial tear. It, for all intents and purposes, healed by now. Scar tissue. It's. It's. It's not a tear any longer. So, it's. It's not. And it has not flared up as an issue. So, I. I know. To me, I'm, it's a non-issue. I'm shocked
2: by, I'm shocked by that. So, so knowing what we know about Tanaka, he is an old 31. He is at this point a finesse pitcher who requires missing bats and outsmarting teams and and getting soft contact. He is a mid to high three ERA pitcher who's probably like a five inning guy. Do you agree with those things? Yeah, I do. What kind of contract are you giving him?
3: Two year deal with a third year option. Like I'm giving him an, uh, a J-Hap deal. The
2: J-Hap contract? Yeah. That's exactly where I landed. I, I even guaranteed the third year. So I said three years, 18 million, which is $54 million for three years. I am not going more than three years with Tanaka. I think you're setting yourself up too much for risk.
3: Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it's um, I think there's gonna have to be some kind of an uh, an option in there because if he if he exceeds it, it could he could exceed it in a big way. You know, there's a, that potential at least, and I think that he would be stupid not to have that that caveat in the contract. Like if you were to go, you know, a significantly more amount of injury
2: or uh, innings, or just just it would have to be game starts because he's not going to get the innings.
3: <laughs> game starts or. I don't know some other type of incentive um, based on performance. I could see that uh, being a trigger in in a in a contract for him. And if I'm his agent, I'm definitely using that. If I'm not getting that but fourth, you year. you are
2: signing him though. You are signing him.
3: No, and that's not what I'm saying either. I I mean personally, look, I like Tanaka a lot. If they're going to sign him and he's going to and they're going to um, they're going to use him as like a fourth, fifth guy. Good, fine. And and it's a it's an insurance policy because we don't know what Severino is going to be next year. I do feel like Montgomery's going to be a a mainstay in this rotation for for years to come. I think that I think that he's going to be fine. We've seen better Montgomery recently, but um again, weird year for him. Really hard to take what he actually is from this year, but so I look back and and I look to see what he was before the injury and then, you know, the actual the actual um health of the guy and how he's come back afterwards. Like the results have not been there, but he's all, for all intents and purposes healthy. He's throwing even harder. Seems fine. Like I, I feel like we're 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 ready for a really good year for him. Just kind of like to me, the writing is on the wall. Mm-hmm. So it's. I, I would rather pitch the young guys. I mean, I I want the Davy Garcias, the Clarksters. I don't want them to be buried in the minor leagues anymore. I don't I don't I think that's a good thing for the New York Yankees. I think them no, but pitching signing Tanaka
2: is not burying them because Paxton's spot's going to be gone. I don't think they're going to sign Paxton. I wouldn't sign Paxton. You, you
3: can only sign gone. if you're going to sign Paxton Tanaka. It's only it's got to be one of those guys. And I don't see how you can possibly sign Paxton unless they just get a huge bargain. But you can't rely on him because now he's taking up a a spot. And and again, you're walking in with a rotation from the New
2: York Yankees. That's freaking a mystery because... It's Garrett Cole, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, Tanaka. That's what the rotation would be.
3: Yeah. And that's irritating as all hell. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't want him. I don't want James Paxton on the team. I don't either. And it's not based on what he's done when he's on the field, but it's purely based on the fact that he cannot be relied upon. And he'll probably go somewhere else and dominate like everybody else who's left.
2: He would have to stay healthy and he can't do that. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. let me tell you, $75, you're probably going to get your candidate. You're going to get a ton of candidates with that amount of credit. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September thirtieth.
3: Guys, the wait is finally over, and football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you could still bet on the game and on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use your promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
2: We'll talk about Garrett Cole and I, Test versus Nerd Test. I would be remiss if I did not... Mentioned my guy, Michael King. Ugh. So it's a, it's a, he got a
3: dull Swiss Army knife. <laughs> he
2: got option back to the alternate site. I feel like that was his last chance for this season. Um, and he he just he's not a starting pitcher yet. I think that's what we've learned. And when you break down the numbers, uh, the first time through the order, he is allowing a 194 batting average, a 306 on base percentage, a 725 OPS. It's not by any means fantastic, but it's 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 doable. Like we've seen pitchers be much worse who are pitching in the uh, in the rotation. He's allowed uh, only 2 runs when he's pitching first time through the order. It's second time through the order is when he gets absolutely bombarded. He is allowing a 3.85 batting average, a 9.84 OPS, a 500 slugging. He's allowed uh, where's the runs? Seven runs in only thirty-one plate appearances. Second time through the order. Now I don't know if that's because he doesn't have a reliable third pitch. I don't know if it's a durability, stamina thing. I don't know if it means he's just destined to be a middle reliever. I don't know what exactly it means. It's a problem. It's um, a
3: problem for him if he's destined to be a middle reliever because he's got to go, you know, multiple innings.
2: Right. So I mean, I've uh, he doesn't have just the, saying, he doesn't
3: have the back of the bullpen stuff. So he's no, got to figure he out a, he's got to figure out his pitch selection, and and just and get that down because if he's not able to go in and chew up innings in the middle of a game, I don't know where he,
2: I don't know where he lives. I don't either, but I mean, I we've seen flashes because those first time through the orders, he's looked really good. That sinker moves so much, and we've seen guys take weak hacks at it and just pound it into the ground, and, and that's all great. And then it's just it blows up on him. Um, so uh, so um, I mean. I don't know. I don't know. It's, the, sink, uh, the sinker. I'm the rooting sinker, for him, but like I don't know.
3: The, yeah, I mean he's not he's not your reigning uh your your reigning Rhode no, Island MVP. Not a
2: great not a great uh, bold prediction on my part. The
3: the thing about him is is if he can get that as his career is progressing, if he can really focus on that sinker and actually get it to just a nasty pitch, and then be able to you know locate the fastball. Um, you know, throwing a change up or something else that looks like the sinker but has a, a good speed difference. You know, he could he could end up chalking in, you know, getting into like a sixth, seventh inning role somewhere for sure. Uh but he's maybe. But he'll, you know, he's he's a he's a one inning guy, it seems like.
2: At this point. At this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he the Yankees seem to like him for whatever he's reason. He's
3: controllable and can eat innings.
2: Yeah. So um, There's a lot of guys. I like, guess we have
3: so many guys like him.
2: I guess going in next year, he's kind of competing again for that bullpen spot starter. With a lot of goal. people.
3: Nick, yeah, Nick Nelson. People. Yeah. You're, Loisaga, you're getting a lot of these guys up there. We've seen flashes, but at the end of the day, just you know, haven't figured it out. Not in the role that they're in. I still believe that Lou needs to be a one-inning guy. That's it. He's not a two-inning guy.
2: No, I mean, I I think we all were hoping he could be sort of the Chad Green number two, but he hasn't been.
3: No, I mean, if if he's able to bottle his stuff up for a one-inning appearance, I I could see him, you know, refining his his pitch selection and refining the way that he goes uh, about the at-bats and and being effective because he throws really hard. He's got good control and he's got got good stuff. I just don't think it it doesn't translate over. uh, So far, it has not translated over extended innings
2: so a few other random things that have happened this week that I found interesting so DJ LeMahieu, I guess was talking on Zoom when he was asked about winning AL Player of the Week he said very cool when he was asked about the batting title race he said I view it as a distraction and then when he was asked about celebrating the postseason birth with a glass of champagne in a hotel lobby he said it's not as fun as doing it in a locker room and trying to burn each other's eyes (laughs) <laughs> I love this man. I,
3: I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be so upset if they don't sign. You're gonna those.
2: be inconsolable.
3: I, I'm, I'm like, team. this is, this is one of those guys. I was, I was not happy when Dee didn't sign. I also wasn't surprised. DJ LeMahieu is a different story. You cannot lose DJ LeMahieu. You just can't. He is a, he no. is the freaking like the spine of this team he is everything <laughs> he, you cannot well, lose this just,
2: guy it's not just it but but we talked about this at some point over the last week as well who's gonna play second base if you don't resign him they made a decision to let dd walk glaber to shortstop who's your second baseman if it's not dj lemahue it's not tyler wade as much as you love Tyler Wade, it is not Tyler Wade. I, I
3: you you're putting words in my mouth here. I've told you why you I love want Tyler, Tyler Wade. You love Tyler
2: Wade instead of DJ Lamey, you mother. <laughs> D- Tyler Wade is a is a great last guy
3: on the bench. That's it. That's it. That's all I that's as far as I go with him. How many times have For, you said t- that let's you. can we be clear on this? The as far as I go on Tyler Wade is I think he's a good last guy on the bench because he can run, bunt and play defense. That's it. That's why I like him. The the thing about Glaber is, if Lemayhew's gone, Glaber's got to go back to second base, and you got to go out and get yourself a badass shortstop. That's what has to happen.
2: I mean, I guess the people are people are saying Lindor,
3: right? Well, Lindor or somebody else that's a stud. But you got to well, You can't. I feel like you're not going to go out there and get a stud second baseman, right? Like
2: those are is few Lindor, and far between. Is, is Lindor a free agent? After this year, or uh, I'm looking this up right now. DJ
3: LeMahieu just solves so many problems for the Yankees, he gets base hits, he hits home runs, he plays every position, he would be the best, second best shortstop on the team if they put him there. He (laughs) is a rock when it comes to emotional, you know, 2022, emotional, like sustainability. Nothing, nothing wavers with this man. He tries to play through injuries. He comes back from injuries quickly. He is everything that this team needs. If they lose DJ LeMahieu, they lose the soul of this team. <laughs> they lose the yeah, so, spine of this team. It's it's a but, I can't understate it enough. I can not I'm sorry, I, I can't I overstate it enough. It's no, it's, yeah. it's
2: huge. I do not see him walking because of all those reasons you just said Lindor is a free agent after 2021. So they'll trade him think, next year. If I think they're in that yeah, spot. But they, but that's a big if they want to trade him i mean maybe it depends on what they do in the playoffs this year if they just get bounced in the wild card round the indians i'm talking about maybe they're like you know what this team's not good enough to really do anything we kind of snuck in as a expanded playoff team anyway so we're going to try and get a bunch of boatload of prospects for friends which is for exactly
3: what they've been doing every time they try to get younger controllable with with frontline starting pitching and they see for what happens good. they're
2: good at that yeah they
3: are good at that they are good at that so they've you know i would not be surprised if they if they did that next year at all or even in the offseason honestly just to go into the season without the distraction of that short that, that, that happening at the uh, midseason if they okay, got if they if, got a huge co- a deal cuz i wouldn't be surprised she, in the offseason if gms were coming in hot for Lindor to get him ahead of that you know um midseason type trades in the offseason because everything is so weird right now like you're trying to go out and get those guys You don't know what's going to happen next year. I feel like Lindor is
2: a guy that if you're trading for him, you're going to be trading a lot of prospects and you're not going to want him for one year. So you're going to sign him and he's going to sign a $25 million a year contract. There will
3: be an extension signed. Yeah. It'll be like a sign and trade type thing. Yes.
2: Okay. But then you're limiting yourself to only a certain number of teams who can afford eight years at 25, $30 million for Francisco. But you're always going to do that. You're not going to, I mean, you're going to send Lindor.
3: it would be downright st- unbelievably stupid for someone just to rent Lindor and give up the, the, the price that it would take to just rent him.
2: So it you're going to, if so you're the dumb. Yankees, if you're the Yankees, I mean, you've got to trade basically everyone not named Jason Dominguez. Yeah. I'd rather just sign DJ LeMayu. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Me too. 2nd I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying this is the option that I want. I want DJ LeMayhew on the team.
2: Hey, there's um, another
3: guy that's that another shortstop that's going to be a free agent next year too.
2: <laughs> Didi <laughs> reunited
3: and it feels—I mean, so good. Does it? The re- 2020 really count? I mean, we could just like forget. It just never it ha- yeah, it just let's never just happened. forget about it. We'll go back to 2022 and you know, in a in a wild card game or an ALCS, whatever it looks like, ALDS. Didi hits a home run against the Twins and we into our section and all is good again.
2: Well then, would they? Let's play out the game. They sign a shortstop or trade for a shortstop, but they also keep LeMahieu. Do you move Gio to first base and move, or yeah, move Geo to first base and move Glaber to third base, Glaber to second base? No, I think that option. What you just said is
3: not happening. Luke Voit is the first baseman for the. New York I want to play the game. I know, but Luke Voit, you can't take Luke Voit. No, he'd out of the be first
2: the DH. Base. He'd be a DH. Nah, you
3: can't do that. Not with Stanton's contract. Not with Judge's health. No, it's not. It's not possible.
2: Oh God, Stan! Uh, Chapman's suspension will not happen until 2021 <coughs> because there was an <laughs> the issue involving availability of witnesses. What the
3: hell are they talking about? Well, the witnesses are in bubbles. They're going to be in bubbles, <laughs> right? Because they're going to be, uh, you know, um, Zoom. They wouldn't do it in person anyway. Just do it on Zoom. What the? What is going on here? They might. They might Nick, put up a Nick, fake person. Nick for-
2: Nick from George's Box, uh, who will be on the podcast on Monday. We're going to do a crossover sort of season wrap up with George's Box and the boys of 161st Street. But Nick wrote a pretty funny article comparing uh, this situation to the Sopranos. Yeah. He's like, what did Johnny Walnuts get involved here? Like, what about the witnesses? Chapman. No, no, no. He's going to be here for the rest of the year. Don't you worry about the Chapman suspension. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you. I mean, you can't lose a guy when there's no days off. I feel like this was like talking a, about
2: witnesses disappearing. What? Like, come on. No, not available.
3: Sweet. Not available. It's different. Yeah. it's different from disappearing. Quote unavailable. Bad Wi-Fi. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they's in a
2: dead zone. He doesn't. He doesn't have five bars. They're
3: they're potentially you know overseas and nobody can get a hold of them. You know, they're on a vacation. Overseas. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> Who are the witnesses?
3: these are undisclosed names you can't you can't reveal the names of witnesses everybody in that
2: ballpark everyone in that ballpark is either a member of the Yankees or the Rays or an umpire no one else was in the ballpark were they trying to get john and susan camera is john and susan camera not a, camera not people
3: camera people are are not swayed by uh, allegiance in in those situations potentially you know there's um groundskeepers there's lots of people crazy people who you know break into the break into the ballpark might've seen something
2: (laughs) really funny, but I guess that helps the Yankees that they didn't have to lose Chapman at some point this year. And they can just sit him out for a few games in 2021. All right. I test versus nerd test today is brought to you by cuts. Clothing cuts. Clothing has completely changed the game. Their t-shirt has enough quality and style to wear to the office on a date or anywhere in between. So now you do not have to choose between a classic look and a modern feel. I am very disappointed because so I'm moving. All my Cuts t-shirts are packed up right now or else I'd be just draped in a Cuts clothing t-shirt right now. You know how George wants to drape himself in velvet? I want to drape myself in Cuts clothing material. You can shop by cut. You can choose your collar, crew neck, V-neck, or Henley. You can choose the cut at the bottom. You can get the elongated. You can do a split hem or you can go the classic curve hem they have a great mix of long sleeve, short sleeve, collars, cuts, and colors, um, all ready for for any sort of situation. I we've said it every time. It's it's the best t shirt I've ever worn.
3: One of the things that that you mentioned last time that is so very true because I hadn't I hadn't washed mine yet. You know the oh, the yeah. um, at least a, a couple. I hadn't worn them again since I washed them. I should say that and. Those fibers get activated, baby. Those, <laughs> those fibers get activated. Need the, we and need it, a scientist on here to talk about what the hell's going on with these fibers. And they get and they get softer. And there's a nice flex in there too. So if you uh-huh. you know if you had a couple couple extra beers the night before, um, and you're putting on the t-shirt, you know sometimes you can get feel a little bloated, feel a little like off your game. You throw on the Cuts clothing shirt, and you got that flexibility. It's it's very nice. makes you uh, makes you feel very good about yourself. Uh, that's why Cuts is the only shirt worth wearing, loved by your favorite athletes, entrepreneurs, and even podcast hosts. It seems like every single person here is wearing Cuts clothing these days. It's a great t-shirt. Get 15% off your first order by going to CutsClothing.com slash pinstripes. That's cutclothingcom slash pinstripes for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing.
2: Do it, guys. Do it. 15% off. That's a great deal. Well worth it. I test versus Nerd test Garrett Cole's. Let's look at Garrett Cole's first regular season, obviously not a full thing, with the Yankees. So the I test would say I think the Yankees got exactly what they paid for. Uh the only issue is he gave up slightly too many home runs. Would you agree with
3: that? Yes, he's been great. You know. Yeah. So his stats s- speed his, bump in the middle. That's it.
2: You know, when you look at it, 73 innings, 12 game start, 2.84 ERA, and the Yankees, oh crap, I meant to pull this um, I, I was trying. I wanted to see um, uh, what the Yankees team record was in his starts because I don't want to look at his win loss record. But like, I think it is important to look at what is the team win loss record when Garrett Cole starts a game. So I'm gonna pull that up. But um, they
3: won a lot of them, except for the Tampa one, which is the only one that stands out in my mind as like the big loss. <laughs> when and it so does. when you're looking at the the situations and the fact that he was up against Glassnot, like that's the one that stands out in my brain. It's a little unfair to think of that one and only that one when you know well, when, when we're looking back because that he could have s- lost them
2: the division though that could have been the turning point. This for the t- This team the was division.
3: not winning the division. I'm sorry, they, they, if they were not, If
2: Garrett Cole shoves and pitches eight shutout innings that night, maybe that's a different story.
3: It doesn't change Tyler Wade going out there and being a starting player for your team for multiple <laughs> games. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. It doesn't change that. It doesn't it change all the fact.
2: Comes back to Tyler Wade. <laughs> it
3: doesn't change the fact that that um, the team. You know, can't hit in certain in certain days and then, you know, striking out at, at a ridiculous clip or, you know, that they have three catchers on the team like this team was not winning the division. I'm sorry. When you have three so, catchers on your active roster on your team, you're not <laughs> and one, of the one, yeah,
2: one of them, and them has pitched third, twice. Right. And he's pitched and been effective. <laughs> <laughs> when your announcer is talking about him being a bullpen weapon in the playoffs, things are getting crazy. Yeah,
3: things are getting crazy. Not a, not a uh, division winning team.
2: So Garrett Cole in Garrett Cole starts. The Yankees went eight and four this year. They did get to sneaky start him 12 times because of all those. In the schedules. beginning,
3: it seemed like he was starting every game.
2: Yeah. Uh, and they, they lost four in a row in the middle of the season. That's sort of when they, the team was tanking. So the, that's not, was not expected from Garrett Cole losing four consecutive Garrett Cole starts. Like no one, no one would have said that's going to happen. The nerd test though says he was really good, but not elite. Like he was in Houston. And it's a little unfair because maybe given another 15 starts this year, he would have been just as elite as he was in Houston. I guess we'll never know. And really it all comes down to how does he do in his playoff starts? If he gets hit in the playoffs, people are going to look at this year as it was a failure. If he is Nuts out, not nuts out, lights out, (laughs) lights out, (laughs) lights out. If he nuts up and his light lights out in the playoffs, then this this season is a a wild success for people. Uh, Some of his numbers rank him in the top 10 in Major League Baseball. Others rank him around 25 to 30. Um, His 2.84 ERA is really good. 3.87 FIP, so slightly worse, uh, about a run worse than his ERA. 3.24 3.24 expected ERA, 1.5 F4. So the nerd test says he wasn't quite as good as his traditional numbers, but he did still have 11.59 strikeouts per nine innings. The, the, really, the home runs are the only thing that jumps out. 1.73 home runs allowed per nine innings. If you, All of his stat cast ranks are, are really good. I mean, he did give up hard velocity, but that's, that's the home run issue that we talked about a, a thousand times.
3: Can we take out the uh can we take out or can we just focus on the Higgy starts <laughs> and then look at what he was because then so the Higgy stuff, then, yeah. then the nerds then the nerds might look differently at him here I mean when you're looking at him ranking at you know 25 to 30th uh, amongst pitchers and you start look around to see what other guys are doing and then you look at the contract like you could look side eye you know sideways at that one a little bit uh because you need him Ranking towards the top top ten, yeah, he
2: needs to be top ten in everything. Pretty much, few years,
3: pretty much based on that contract. Yes, Uh, that that said, like last year, he didn't lose a game at all, not one. Did not lose a game for you know ever since. I'm sorry, that's not true. Since uh, May, whatever the date was, May 15th, middle of May, towards the end of May, he did not lose a game. So the guy was practically unhittable all season long. So I mean, he had a a season for the ages,
2: and still didn't win the Cy Young. (laughs) So the we. When we last recorded, did oh, I forget when did we talk about the Higgy stuff?
3: Last oh, last anyway. time. Yeah. You you went, you, you, you just wouldn't let it go. You're you're so wrapped, you are so fixated on this. You have an obsession. Yeah.
2: yeah, I do. Because and it's not about the fact that you're taking Gary Sanchez out of the lineup, because who cares this year? Gary Sanchez is not playing well. But
3: that's the point. This it's, year. It's no, different.
2: that that that's not the point. Okay. The point is that I did not I would have hoped Garrett Cole. Is not a personal catcher guy because I think it's bad for a team. I think having a personal catcher is bad for the team. Um, I mean, Cone has been talking about it. Michael Kay has been talking about it. It bothered Posada when he was uh, taken out for Flaherty as a personal catcher with Randy Johnson. And and if it's you know if it's your if it's AJ Burnett or Randy Johnson, these guys are not like the great pitchers on the team. Randy Johnson was not Cy young Randy Johnson when he was on the Yankees and he's demanding a personal catcher. And now you've got your ace, your number one pitcher who you signed for nine years, who you are relying on, asking for the backup catcher. I just, I have a problem with it. Yeah, I do. I don't want to go down this road again, but
3: I will say this. I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a sign or and more of a, just a, a knock on your starting catcher, quote, starting catcher than it is on the guy asking for somebody different because he's clearly not doing the things that he needs to do to be on the same level as your, 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 your franchise player, basically based on contract, the guy that you've brought in to be, you know, the best, the most elite guy in the league. He's not giving him what he needs. And that's a, that's a
2: problem. That's that's my biggest problem. Do you say that was the same thing with Jorge Posada? When A.J. Burnett demanded Jose Molina. A.J. Burnett was an asshole. When When Randy Randy Johnson Johnson was an
3: asshole. Yeah, I got you both of those.
2: Okay, maybe Garrett Cole's an asshole. He's not. That's the thing. How do you know? Because he's not. Okay. Well, I'm not saying he is. But and, I don't like here's the other the demanding a personal here's catcher. The other and that's difference. exactly what happened here. He demanded Higgy as a personal catcher. That's Don't anyone be mistaken about ma- what happened here? Again, like, this is th- what happened.
3: It's a different situation because Gary Sanchez has played the complete dog shit. Shouldn't be the starting catcher right now anyway.
2: So uh, David Cohn demanded Girardi as his personal catcher. Well, there you go. So Over Posada.
3: Sometimes people just like throwing to other people. The personal catcher thing is overblown. It doesn't matter. And it really doesn't matter when your catcher, who's supposed to be the starter, can't catch a great game and also is dog shit at the plate for you know every single game minus three.
2: And you're absolutely right about that. This year, it does not matter because, in fact, Higgy is giving them more offensively than Gary Sanchez is. In 44 plate appearances, which is limited, he's batting 273. Also 273 on base percentage because he hasn't walked. And he's hit four home runs. Uh and there's that story about how Cole and Higgy, <laughs> Cole threw to Higgy when he's 14 years old. I, I don't know how we missed that. That was like a I guess they grew up in the same area. I don't know, whatever. But uh, so that's a fun story, I guess, for the personal catcher storyline. But if Gary Sanchez was Gary Sanchez and he had a two third or a 250 batting average with 18 home runs and he's got a 140 WRC plus. That it is a problem that you have to take that out of the lineup. Let me ask you a question. Going
3: into 2021, we know that as long as Gary Sanchez is on this team, because you and I both agree that he will be and probably given another year of of leash, but I don't think it's going to go much further than that. You look at what Higgy's been doing here. Higgy's coming up. You know, been with this, been with this the system for his entire career. He's he's come up just just the same. Obviously, not signed at 16 years old, but has has been a guy that's uh, that's you know been playing well all the way through. Knows all the guys, good relationships up and down. Has been very uh, effective. Now, offensively, we're seeing maybe a turning point. Uh, defensively, he's a good catcher. The the guys like him. Do we have ourselves a competition? Because if, if you're no. take the numbers or sorry, take the names away and you look at what they're doing. It's 44 plate appearances. Don't look at uh-uh. Higgy's offensive stats. I'm just saying, you take their names away and you look at what they're doing. You look at what the starting starting catcher's doing. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter what the backup catcher's you, doing.
2: Here's where there's a problem, is if Gary Sanchez, for the first two months of next year, is just as bad as he was this year, then yes, absolutely, you have a problem. What if, if, comes Sanchez... in, what if he
3: comes into 2022, 2021, I'm already forgetting the year, um, out of shape? Okay, but he's never
2: done that. I'm just saying. Why is he going to come in out of shape? Like I, he's I don't not. Know. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Then you got a problem. Like duh. <laughs> but I could. Do, but then would you say did he eat himself silly in the off season because he's sad about Garrett Cole demanding a personal catcher? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I I so think that I'm next saying. year, next year, what you have to do if you're the Yankees is you have to try the Gary Sanchez, Garrett Cole thing again. You have to try it again.
3: I agree. You, you do because the upside of of Gary Sanchez is too big. It's just too big, and I'm just I'm at I'm at a point now where you know I, I'm, I'm being I'm being definitely uh, put into the the Gary Sanchez hater category, and that's fine. It's more of a frustration category. I, I'm more frustrated because of I know what his potential is, and he's just not living up to that potential. And it's been a long time. We've 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 gone down this path now for a while. It seems like he's yeah. been here forever, and it's just the up and downs. I don't want that out of my catcher. I don't want up and downs. You should have a much more steady path with your catcher. The, the catcher situation the offensive. should be something that you're you're looking at and should be a, a, a stable part of your team. Not, so not off, one that's in flux.
2: Offensive up and downs for a catcher are actually pretty normal. And I think it's because of a fatigue factor. So those normal Gary Sanchez ups and downs which we saw in 2017 and 2018 I think are completely tolerable if he's more consistent behind the plate. You agree? Yes. Jorge Posada had ups and downs. He would go through stretches where he just looked dead at the plate because he was probably very tired.
3: I understand that and I I know that comes along with the position. That's fine. And that's why it's it's a very it's a good thing that you have an effective backup situation as well because now you can supplement some innings and it's not that big of a, of a letdown if going well the problem becomes when the backup is outplaying the starter and and people are talking about and when i say people i mean you are talking about personal catching situations but actually that guy's just a better player <laughs> uh, and maybe there's a personal catcher situation with the rest of the staff because they should have Higgy too
2: it is a personal ever, catcher. ever see that Ever see so, that? So for this year, I know that they're gonna keep the the Cole Higgy for the playoffs because obviously, look at how he's pitched. But all I want is next year, in a full season, try the Gary Sanchez matchup again. You have to give it more than seven starts. They're or going to. They're
3: absolutely going to. And and maybe that's part of this. Maybe that's because there there was not that full off season and they didn't get the the full time to you know get to know each other and work things out. I don't know. I'm making shit up at this point, trying to give him a little bit of a you know a extended leash based on the weirdness of 2020. But it's Did really it's really Boone hard to, to chalk it up to 2020.
2: Did you see the Boone clip when he was asked about Gary's asked about personal catchers? It was hilarious. So. He's asked about the Cole Higgy personal catcher, and he immediately goes, you know, I don't love it. And then he realized what he just said. Like, oh, shit, you know what? Uh, Garrett Cole is asking for – you know, so – but in certain situations, it's okay. Like, so he completely just, like, immediately we got his thoughts, which he doesn't like it. And then he backtracked on it because he realized that, oh, Garrett Cole. I mean, obviously it's not an ideal
3: situation when when a pitcher needs to throw to one guy because it will throw – you know, it just it doesn't give you options, and when you don't have options, yeah. that's not a good thing as a manager or as a. What if Higgy team. gets
2: hurt? What if Higgy gets hurt in the playoffs, and then Garrett Cole has to throw to Gary Sanchez? Is he gonna Is he gonna suck? Uh, hopefully, hopefully problem. Gary Sanchez doesn't suck. You're right. <laughs> is Cole gonna? suck? Hopefully, Gary Sanchez doesn't suck. I hope. I hope so. You said it says more about the starting catcher. I think it absolutely says more about the starting pitcher. Okay, well, agree to disagree. I think the fact that the the
3: guy that we're talking about might not be a, the starting catcher. Just he's not playing like it at least. So that, uh, well, that, that he, is an he's overwhelming gonna catch, part he's of the gonna situation. catch
2: every, he's gonna catch every non Cole game. Okay. And I think we probably saw the, the lineup when he is in, in the lineup. We probably saw what it was gonna be last night. Lemayhu, Judge, Stanton, Voight, Glaber, Hicks, Gio, Sanchez, Frazier. That was the lineup. Not exactly what I would do, but, so I mean, this it does Pretty beg good.
3: the question. Given the situation and given the season that he's had, is that is that the right move for him to be catching the rest of the guys right now? Right now, not not Gary Sanchez by 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 hope and and projections and and this is what we think this guy can be. Right now, is that the right move? Is he the better player yeah. to play?
2: Uh, I think yeah, I think he is.
3: You, right now, you think he's the better player? He's playing better.
2: Yes. Okay. You're he's he, better he's than Kyle. If his name was better than Kyle Higashioka, Kyle Higashioka has 44 plate appearances. That is nothing. He is not a starting catcher. He is not. Here's the thing. He,
3: you look at Gary Sanchez, the amount of plate appearances that he has and the production that he has. Uh Tell me which one's worse. Not having the we just talked about Gary
2: Sanchez, didn't we? Wasn't it like almost exactly 44 plate appearances that we talked about in eye test versus nerd test? Gary Sanchez's last 44 plate appearances were like 116 WRC plus, so basically exactly what Kyle Higashioka has done in 44 plate
3: appearances. I'm just, I'm just, I just have seen what's what's happened the other outside of those 44 plate appearances and it's been dog shit. So
2: Yeah, it's been terrible. Let's, and he had a putrid at bat last night in a in a key situation. The Yankees were just lifeless. They left the bases loaded a million times and Gary Sanchez had a key spot in bases loaded, I think it was the second or the third inning and he swung at a pitch in the dirt. It's extremely frustrating. I know that. But guess what? Higgy wouldn't have done shit there either.
3: Well, you can't say that. Ugh, I hate personal catchers. Hey. Gary Sanchez is the problem here. It's it, if he was playing the way he was should be playing, then we wouldn't have the situation. At the end of the day, and why is it.
2: Garrett Cole the first pitcher to require a personal catcher with with Gary?
3: <laughs> um, this is gonna be tough because he's the only one that's been on the staff for, you know, a, a while that's that's uh, you know, demanded the type of things that he's just leveled up. He's just a level up.
2: Uh, and, and clearly, I mean, Gary. Is they, not think about with him. all the think about all the pitchers that have been throwing to Gary Sanchez since. 2016. I, you know what we need.
3: You know what we need. We need to know. We need to know why. We really why need what? to know why. Why? Why? why, he, why, why does Garrett Cole not like throwing? We're to Gary never Sanchez? gonna. We're never gonna. That's we, that. That answers our questions. What's the actual reason? We need yeah, to bug his house gonna because that reason's going to say something about pitch selection.
2: It's going to say about the the way that he. Does certain things, it's gonna be I can't imagine it's pitch pitch selection because the catcher does not dictate the pitch selection. It's gonna
3: be something along the lines of prep in the in the ilk of preparation. Guarantee it.
2: It wouldn't surprise me if it's just a mental thing where he's like, you know what? I'm afraid to throw something in the dirt or Gary Sanchez isn't framing this correctly or Gary Sanchez doing that weird herky-jerky thing, which apparently steals <laughs> strikes, but I don't know how it steals strikes. Because he takes a like ball a that's goddamn on the goddamn corner Buffer back there. He takes, <laughs> he takes a
3: ball that's already on the corner, on the black, a beautiful pitch, and then yanks it back into the middle of the
2: plate. <laughs> uh, no, so... Pitch selection, I understand that if you're completely in sync and in rhythm with your catcher, pitch selection can be great because you don't have to shake him off. But really, when it all comes down to it, the pitcher decides what pitch he throws. So if Gary Sanchez puts down a fastball and Garrett Cole wants to throw a slider, guess what Garrett Cole is going to throw?
3: Right. But you, but, but exactly. Okay, fine. That's, you can say that, but the guy's got to shake him off, shake him off. Like, why are we not on? Why is this? Why am I shaking you off? Why it's so I easy to up?
2: get on that page, though. It's so easy to get on that page.
3: Apparently not for Gary Sanchez.
2: I don't think it's pitch selection, is what I'm saying. I don't know what it is, but
3: it's it's got something to do with his defense. So,
2: yeah, I just find it so odd that Cole went out of his way to praise Gary Sanchez in the first. He month didn't go out of
3: his way. He was asked. Yes, a he did go question. out of his way.
2: He went out of his way. Every chance he got, he was talking up Gary Sanchez. When
3: you're, when you're, and when that's early on too, and that's something that you want to do as a new guy coming in, starting catcher, understood. But when you're asked a question, you answer it in a way that's non, you know, you don't want to like ruffle feathers.
2: I understand that. Do you know why I, I really hate personal catchers? Because I hate talking about it. <laughs> you and me both, baby. You, I cannot promise you it's the last time we'll talk about it. But, uh, this is the last regular season episode that Scott and I will be doing like this. What the con- next one will for be- the amount of contract was this a five-year contract. What Did, are you going to reflect on this,
3: on this show to see if, and uh, because it's the last yes. regular season show of your contract.
2: F- yes. For- I'm up for a renewal. I, I, I'm <laughs> expecting a big deal. Maybe. No, I, I will not accept options. Um, Cause I will file a grievance, but um so like I said, Monday's show will be a season wrap-up with George's box and 161 boys crossover. And then Scott and I are going to do a preview episode for whoever the Yankees play, either the Twins, White Sox, or, or whoever it is. It's up in the air at this point. Probably going to be the White on, Sox. Then we're on the grind, right? We're on the grind of mini episodes, 20, 30-minute reactions after each playoff game. Yep, that's what we're doing.
3: That's what we're doing. Let's see how this works with a three-year-old toddler that doesn't sleep. This is going to be interesting. Things well, are going to get nuts.
2: So last last season it was let's go out in the park behind Yankee Stadium and Scott pisses all over buildings and I try and wrangle everybody in to do a podcast. This year it's going to be at home. Yeah, that's sad. That's a sad. That's a sad. sad thing. Very sad
3: because last year was just such a, a pinnacle of you know obviously not not what happened on the field but it was just so much fun in the playoffs going out there to 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 every home game. I think we I think I missed one. Home I was
2: game. At, I was at every home. Yeah, game. Yeah, I
3: missed one home game and. You know, we had a lot of people in the stands. It was just, it was just a, a unique time, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, those, those, I love recording those, those post game, uh, playoff reaction ones outside the stadium at the old stadium. It's just a lot of fun. And
2: yeah, we can't do it this year because the bullshit. Of well, we could
3: still go out. There. I, mean, I guess we could. <laughs> but we're not, stupid. But we're not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not going to walk around the Bronx when there's no baseball games going on. No. All right. That will do it. Uh, talk to you. We'll listen to the Monday show. We'll talk to you again Tuesday and every day after.
3: That. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.